everybody here we are for episode 120 of now showing with mike and wayne uh wayne i did want before we get into our topic this morning the last over the last week or so there's been this conversation it started with scorsese a year or so ago now it's tarantino and it's this great idea of asking these huge cinematic directors what they think of superhero movies and even when they don't mean to be offensive about it everyone takes it the completely wrong way as Tarantino said, uh, people go to the movies to see the characters and not the actors. He's not wrong. People go to see Iron Man. They go to see Thor. They go to see Captain America. doesn't matter who's playing those characters for the most part. But it's just, I'm tired of this discourse because it does nothing. And it, it, it's all it is is a got you articles that they can then post online and be like, hey, Tarantino hates superhero movies. When in fact, he's one of the few directors. If you look at his top 10 every year, there's usually one or two big giant studio movies in there. And a lot of the one time he did the Lone Ranger, which everyone hated, but Tarantino. So, I mean, you know, it's just it's funny to see the people try to stir up this discourse when it really doesn't seem to be there. Yeah, no, I mean, taking the characters out of it, every superhero movie is basically the same. Yep. But what sets them apart are the, the characters themselves, the player, the, the players, the, uh, char- the actors <laughs> playing the characters. You know, I mean, like I have said numerous times, I'm superheroed out. I have been since Endgame. Yeah. I haven't watched a lot. Yeah. You know. And I get it. It, you know. But I'm not going to sit here and, you know, diminish the the work of these people and studios and everything. It's just, you know, I'm taking a, a break. I'm having a superhero cleanse, if you Yes. Know. Well, and I think, too, and this is another thing I wanted to talk about, too, real quick, was the focus on money. And and I think, and it's obviously the studios don't do themselves any favors because that's all they care about. So then us as fans start to care about that. And I try to get to my son's head because like he'll be like, oh, well, this movie they made this much money, so this must be really good. And I'm like, no, Donovan. Just because people went and saw it doesn't mean it's actually a good movie. You have to see it in order to make that opinion yourself. You can't just go, oh, well, it must have been a good movie because Transformers 4 made fucking $800 million. That movie sucks. So, you know, it's like... There, there's not that's not a, a good indication and i think people as fans focus too much on it too it knives out coming oh well they should release it in theaters look how much money it's making i'm like that's not the fucking point the point is people are seeing it who cares how much money bring out the dinobots and that's what they give us yeah right yeah they, they fucking they fucked up the dinobots how did they do that i have no idea Probably the only movie my son would watch in the Transformers universe because <laughs> it has dinosaurs. No. Uh, but yeah, I just wanted to talk about that real quick because it is something that I did post something about it on Facebook. I'm just tired of like, like stop asking these directors these stupid questions that don't matter. Like you have Quentin Tarantino in front of you and Martin Scorsese and you, the biggest question you're going to ask that you're going to get uh, clicks on is, what do you think of superhero movies, Mr. Scorsese? Like, come on. Like, fucking ask him about his career, ask him about his next movie, ask him about, you know, the Oscars or other big movies that are like his movies. Don't just fucking ask these gotcha questions that then you're going to get a bunch of clicks and likes over. So annoying. But I know that's how the world works, so I'm not naive. It just bothers me. Um, Somebody's trying to make a name for themselves, you know, like. Well, because immediately after Tarantino said what he said, there were a million articles, Tarantino puts down superhero movies. Simu Liu attacks Scorsese and Tarantino over superhero. I'm like, no one, no, none of this is happening. (laughs) 
but it just it just gets ridiculous. All right, so with that out of the way, we will move into our topic. Uh, we've kind of we've talked about this before, Wayne, but we're going to do uh, dysfunctional families again because um, this there movie we're to talk about. Yes, exactly. I've got a list up, and I'm pretty sure a bunch of movies I've never talked about before on here, or at least ones that I haven't talked about on this topic before. Um, the movie we're reviewing is The People We Hate at the Wedding. I have to keep looking at the title because I always forget what the hell it's called, uh, which is another dysfunctional family movie on Amazon Prime that came out two weeks ago or a week ago, whatever it was. Two weeks ago by the time this aired. Um, yeah, so let's get into it, Wayne. What's your first dysfunctional family film that you wanted to talk about today? All right, the first one, uh, I'm going back to Dan in Real Life from 2007. Uh, we are talking uh, Peter Hedges, writers are Peace Gardner, Pierce Gardner, and Peter Hodges gets a writing credit as well. It is starring uh, Steve Carell, Juliet Binoche, Dane Cook, Deep Sigh, <laughs> Allison Pill, Britt Robertson, Marlene Lawton. They play the three girls of Steve Carell's Dan character. Uh, the legendary John Mahoney, rest in peace. Diane Weist, uh, Amy Ryan has a role. Let's see if there's any great cast. Else. Yeah, fantastic cast. And um, all right, a widower finds out the woman he fell in love with is his brother's girlfriend. That is the tagline. A very weak tagline because there is so much more to this movie than yeah. that one sentence. And uh, here, here is the actual storyline quote. Single father, Dan Burns, dedicates his life to his children, but one day he meets Marie at a bookstore. They get to know each other, but then Dan finds out Marie is actually dating his brother, Mitch. Um, again, another week. The thing that you got to understand here, Dan is a single father of three, three young girls. Uh, his wife passed away suddenly, and he's still trying to figure shit out, basically. Um, the story centers around a family reunion or family vacation in the woods at a, the family's cabin. And they are a very interesting mix of people. They get up and they do uh, sports and they uh, put on a talent show. That's actually probably the highlight for me is when uh, uh, the Dan character uh, gets up and sings uh, Let My Love Open the Door with his brother Mitch who was singing to the woman that they both love or are both infatuated with at this time. Yes. And one of the funny things is that uh, in the beginning, the middle daughter's like, I'm in love with him. I knew after three days and Dan's up being in his pessimistic, pessimistic state or whatever the correct terminology is for it. It's like, you can't know in three days, lo and behold, in three days he finds out that he loves Marie. So yeah. it's very, very interesting, very heartwarming, very touching. Touches on death and, um, you know, just depending on family and being there for one another and all that stuff that you would hope your family would be or how they would react if there was a situation. But mm. again, that is definitely not the norm. That is the uh, the rarity in this particular film, in my opinion. So, yeah, uh, very subtle comedy because... Steve Carell's coming off the office or well, connect them in the middle of it, right? Right in the middle of the office. It was after, right after little miss sunshine. So it was like his, his, after his first take into drama, which was more of a dark comedy. 
um, you know, he comes and he does this role, which which is another more dramatic, somewhat more dramatic role than than we were used to from him. Yes. So, one so of yeah, it's one of my uh, yeah, just uh, fun fun little watches right now. So yeah, it's it's a good one, man. Uh, Corel's really good. I know uh, we side Dane Cook in the beginning because of more recent um, uh, history with him and the weirdness and all that stuff, and and even some of the past stuff. But uh, I would say probably performance wise, one of his better movies. Um, I thought he did a good job as the brother. And I thought him and Corell definitely played well off of each other. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah. I mean, it's a movie I haven't seen in a while, to be honest, Wayne, but it's good. I really, I really do enjoy it. Um, I also like, oh, sorry, my phone started making noise. I also really do like um, Allison Pill. So uh, I think we've talked about her a lot on this podcast. Uh, she's really good, and it's fun to see like an earlier role from her. It's, it's funny; she is so young. Like uh, yeah. oh, they're all young. Like yep. Rick Robertson has gone on to do some things. Um, Even yeah, Corell like, is young <laughs> when you look at it, because <laughs> that was what like two thousand six, two thousand seven, right? Right around that. Six came out in seven. So. Okay, yeah. So it, it's been a while, but uh, yeah, it's a good movie. It's a good one to bring up. It also, uh, I mean, this is a this was a spur of the moment date night when Miranda and I were first dating back in. Oh, uh, okay. So it was a little bit extra something just because uh, I don't know. It's still early. Want to go see a movie? Yeah, let's go see a movie. Know, <laughs> pick something, and that's it was it was good. So it's just one of those fun little added little things that makes me smile. So. All right, so I'm going to talk about one. Um, you know, I was going to talk do a horror film, which I still might, but. Uh, I know I've talked about them before, so I'm going to kind of move on to something else that I reviewed um, on my socials, and then I talked about it on here it's from uh, 2020, but I watched it last year. It's called Shiva Baby. It's an indie film. It stars, let's see, directed by Emma Seligman, directed, uh, written by her as well, based on her uh, book as well. Um Produced by Kiernan Altman, Kate Schiller, Lizzie Shapiro, starring Rachel Sennett, Molly Gordon, Polly Draper, uh, Danny DeFerrari, Fred Mellon, Diana Aragon. Uh, there's somebody. Oh, yeah. That's, okay. So that's, let's see. Jackie Hoffman, Sandra James, Rita Gardner. So, Shiva Baby. College senior Danielle and her sugar daddy, Max, have sex before she hurries to a, a Shiva. It's Shiva, I think. So Shiva, baby. My bad. To a Shiva observance with her parents, Joel and Debbie. Before the Shiva at her Aunt Sheila's house, Danielle is schooled by her mother on how to respond to questions about her disorganized life. Within the house, members of the local extended Jewish community compare her to her ex-girlfriend, Maya, who is adored by the neighbors and heading to law school. Max, who is a former colleague of Joel's, arrives and Debbie insists on introducing him to Danielle in the hopes that one of Max's relatives will hire her. They have an awkward exchange and Debbie reveals to Danielle that Max is married, shocking her. So this is a shock because Max is the person that she was sleeping with uh, in the beginning of the movie. And so it brings up this really awkward, um, dysfunctional family uh, storyline between the daughter and her parents who want her to be successful and this relationship that she's having. And also her ex-girlfriend uh, is at this party as well. And they haven't talked in quite some time. So it's, it's really, it's funny. 
It's dark. It's awkward, Wayne. It's one of those movies that there's times you're like, like I don't <laughs> like you. You feel uncomfortable watching it. Um, but when I watched this movie last year, I, I fell in love with it. I thought it was fantastic. Um, it reminded me of something like like the first time I watched something like Rushmore, like watching one of those just kind of indie comedies. Not that it's the same. It's a different type of movie, but it just gave me that same type of feeling. Um, and I really, really like this movie a lot. I want people to watch it. It was on HBO Max at some point. Uh, the performances are... I just it, pulled it up. To, yeah. I, made it, I wanted to watch it when you brought it up the first time last yeah. year. I didn't. And now it's like... Aha. Yeah, definitely well worth it. Um, the the lead actress, uh, Rachel Sennett, as Danielle, is fantastic. Uh, I really hope it leads to her getting more stuff. I think she's been in other stuff, too, so it's not like she was an, an unknown or anything, but uh, it it's just a really well-made movie. It's, uh, it's also only like 90 minutes, which, you know, like we talk about on this podcast a lot, is, is a good thing because it allows you to watch more movies, more TV shows, the shorter things are. So anyway, yeah, Shiva Baby, it's just a movie I really want people 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 <laughs> to see because it is uh just really good and i think it's one of those underseen gems that is out there so i against again i think it's shiva baby shiva baby sounds better in my mind but shiva is what it's called so shiva baby it is uh it is actually shiva because my next movie is also about a family sitting shiva so and that is uh 2014's this is where i leave and if you've listened to the show at all, you know I've talked about it. This is one of my favorite movies of all time with just uh, dysfunction and, you know, how families love each other and whatnot. So after their father passes away, four grown siblings are forced to return to their childhood home, live under the same roof for a week, along with their oversharing mother and an assortment of spouses, exes, and what might have been. Um, funny thing about this is, uh, this was uh, the mother's ploy to get all the children back under one roof again, uh, because the father actually turns out to be an atheist. And as Shiva is a religious uh, time, I believe, for the, the Jewish faith, like we uh, talked about in the previous movie, uh, it's actually the question is like, wasn't dad an atheist? So <laughs> it was just a ploy to get uh, all the kids under the one roof again. And, uh, it's just really good storytelling how each sibling has problems with the other. Um, just really, really well done. It's directed by uh, Sean Levy, written by uh, Jonathan Troper, starring Jason Bateman, Tina Fey, Jane Fonda, Adam Driver, Rose Byrne, Corey Soule, Catherine Hahn, Connie Britton, Timothy Oliphant, Dax Shepard, God, Dax Shepard is fun to hate in this movie. Uh, <laughs> yes. Ben Schwartz, Alan Lazar. Yeah, so. Yeah, I love Oliphant in that movie. I mean, he's, uh, you know, kind of, he plays the guy with like a head injury. <laughs> yes. That was caused by Tina Fey's character. Yep. So, just one of the many, many entwined storylines. So, basically, the movie centers around uh, Jason Bateman's character, Judd Altman whose wife played by uh what's her name is that is that han is it Catherine han or is she no 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 that's uh the older brother paul's wife that's he, right he used to date Catherine han's character give me one second i am failing miserably she's a she's a pretty renowned actress too and i just oh abigail spencer that's Wait, right yes yep yeah, from uh Su i know her from suits she is actually sleeping with Dax Shepard, 
um, Judd Altman or uh, Jason Bateman's boss. And uh, it's been going on for a year. And the big centering point is how you must not, you know, you, there must be something wrong mm-hmm. there because it's been going on for a year and you didn't know. Yeah. Uh, Tina Fey and her estranged husband are having issues because of this, that, and the other. It doesn't really go into, you know, a Full lot detail, of detail. Yeah. They're just kind of, you know, falling out of it together. And Tina Fey uh, harbors lingering feelings for her, well, I guess, first love played by uh, Timothy Oliphant named Corey Callan. Uh, they were in a, uh, an accident and they hint that it was Tina Fey's fault and he suffered a brain injury and can't live on his own. He forgets things and whatnot. And there's just that love that still exists between the two and um, really well played. Uh, Tina Fey does a great job with this. This is another one with a good subtle humor. Uh, there's the scene where they find the, uh, the, the joints in one of yeah. dad's old jackets and while they're at service uh jason bateman adam driver and uh cory stole eventually i'll end up getting high in a classroom setting off a smoke alarm and are drenched with the sprinklers yes very um, funny scene rose Brin's character penny moore has been infatuated with uh jason bateman's character ever since childhood that's who i was thinking she's the new love interest right yeah, yeah. Yeah, when you said Abigail Spencer, I'm like, that doesn't sound right, but that's right, because Rose Byrne is the new is the newer love interest. Yeah. Yeah, it's a solid flick, man. I know it didn't get as much love when it came out. I think it's kind of gained its audience over time. Um, but it has, I mean, a phenomenal cast. When you look at Jason Bateman, Tina Fey, and Adam Driver alone being your three main characters, like, and you look at where they're at now in their careers and stuff, like, oh my God, how did you even get them back then? But the, at the time, Adam Driver was still kind of finding his way as a leading man, so it was, you know, a little easier. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's a really, really great movie. It's one of those movies, too, and I watched it, and then, like, my wife just like we put it on one day and she's like, Why didn't you show me that before? She's like, I love these type of movies, this dysfunctional family and stuff. And I'm like, I don't know. Like I just sometimes you don't like them. And uh, you know, so she really liked it too. It was just really well done. I think the cast was like I said, was great. Um mm-hmm. yeah, definitely a movie I uh I like to revisit every every so often. Yeah. This one was really good for me to watch with uh the loss that we had in our family recently. Yeah. So mm-hmm. Uh, self coping and whatnot. So I, yeah. Uh, yeah, I just it was perfect, perfect topic for the perfect situation for the unperfect situation. So. Yes, uh, it is currently on uh, HBO Max. If anybody hasn't seen it yet, please, please take the time and give it a watch. It's about an hour and a half. All right. So my next one is I, I referenced the director of the last and the last movie I talked about. Um, I'm going to go with the Royal Tenenbaums. <laughs> Royal Tenenbaums is a 2001 comedy written and directed by Wes Anderson. Also, Owen Wilson co-wrote it with Wes. Uh, They work together a lot. Produced by Wes, Barry Mendel, and Scott Rudin. Starring Danny Glover, Gene Hackman, Angelica Houston, Bill Murray, Gwyneth Paltrow, Ben Stiller, Luke Wilson, and Owen Wilson. Um, It is is a film about a family that has been broken up between uh, Gene Hackman and Angelica Houston. Gene Hackman plays the... Um, horrible father to the the kids played by Ben Stiller, Luke Wilson, and Gwyneth Paltrow. And there's this just very, like, kind of dark cloud over the family. Everything's very weird. Uh, there's this possible relationship with the with the stepbrother and the stepsister and, and Gwyneth Paltrow and Luke Wilson. 
and there's uh, just there's a lot going on in this dysfunctional family, and the core of it is most of it pointed to be Gene Hackman, who has kind of made the kids um, just a mess. They're they're a mess. Ben Stiller is the only one who seems like he has it together, but he really doesn't. As he's in the entire movie, his character basically starts to fall apart. Mm-hmm. Um, it's yeah, it's a really it's really funny. It's, it's really smart. Uh, Hackman gives a phenomenal performance. Angelica Houston is great. Danny Glover. Everybody is just on their game in this one. Gwyneth Paltrow is really good in it. Um, obviously, the Wilson brothers. Owen Wilson plays a best friend of of Luke Wilson and Ben Stiller's character, um, who's also, I believe, in love with Margot, I believe. It's been a while since I've seen it, but it, it, when it came out, it was like one of my favorite movies at the time. I'm a huge Wes Anderson fan. I know he's not for everybody. He's a bit weird and a bit avant-garde and um, pretentious even. Uh, But I do like him. Um, I mentioned Rushmore. That's one of my favorite movies of all time. So this one kind of fits right in there. It's a good companion piece with any other dysfunctional family movie. Uh, the music is great. The, 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 the directing, the, the lighting, the, you know, everything about this movie works really, really well. The costumes are fantastic. Matching red track suits for me. Oh, that's I think what most people remember is Ben Stiller and his two sons uh, with the matching track suits and the curly Afro hair. Um, it's yeah, it's definitely, it's just a really, really good fucking movie, man. I mean, this is one of those ones I, I don't know if people just haven't talked about it in a while cause it's older, but it's, it's just one I like to, uh, think back on and remember fondly. Uh, Wayne, go ahead. When you think of like a, a film school movie to study, it's, this is definitely yeah. in that category. You mentioned avant-garde and whatnot. Yeah. Um, and to this day, you know, it's been, you know, a good 10 years since film school. But I don't even remember what avant-garde means. <laughs> just like film noir. It's just That's fancy. Does, right? It's a fancy word. Um, yeah, I mean, the you know, these films like this, I think, to the, I always look at films that, that are labeled as such, like they're just not for the general audiences. Obviously, there's a meaning to within the word where what kind of film that avant garde means, but it a lot of times to me, what what most what, what film noir, avant garde, dark comedy, they're just not French for everybody. new wave, sir. New wave, French new wave. They're not for everybody, and so they had to come up with like a fancy title for us to all sound pretentious when we say it. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, did you see that new film noir? Um, it just it, they're just they're movies, and they're different. And I like different. I like fun, and I like Royal Tenenbaums because it is one of those films that just kind of makes you feel like you're watching something really, really cool and really fun and really important. And it, it, it just, I, it just hits all the right parts for me. And uh, I really like this movie a lot. I, I should probably go watch it again. Cause like I said, it's been quite some time since I've seen it, uh, but it's just a really well-made movie. And I don't want to sound too pretentious when I talk about this kind of stuff, because to me, again, movies are just movies. I'll, I'll watch, Shiva Baby and Royal Tenenbaums as much as I'll watch Silent Night, Deadly Night. You know, that's just how <laughs> that's how my mind works. I like all those type of movies. Um, that's yeah, for the people, the, you know, like, oh, you always give stuff good reviews. It's like, well, you, we find redeeming things about things. Exactly. Great, but we will speak kindly on the things that it does do well. But we will call out absolute dog crap like uh, Home Alone Christmas or whatever the hell that new abortion was that we had or, last year. Was. Or Space Jam 2. Uh <laughs> <laughs> the the uh, br- the brand advertisement the movie um yeah it, you know again we just like we like movies here and we like watching movies and 
even if it's not great, a lot of times we'll still, like Wayne said, we'll find something that, that we enjoy about it or that we like about it. Sometimes we do not. Um, and we've had guests on that feel differently about, about that kind of stuff. And that's just not who we are. We are honest about who we are when we started this podcast and that we like movies. And that's kind of like what we do. Um, some of the stuff you may consider trash and we may agree with you, but that doesn't mean we don't like it. Uh, I mean, everybody's entitled to their incorrect opinions. So. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Uh, and these are our fucking opinions. So fucking deal with it. Um, all right. So Wayne, what is your, <laughs> what is your final film of the day? All right. So we're going with 2011's Our Idiot Brother. Why? Because I love Paul Rudd. And why? Because it's a family dysfunction. So, oh, so dysfunctional. It is. Uh, let's see. So this is directed by Jeffy Pretz. Uh, written by Jesse Pretz. Evgina Pretz. Maybe a relation. I don't want to speculate, but... I assume, yeah. I believe so. And David... Shiskal. Sorry about butchering the name. That's uh, <laughs> quite the uh, the list to throw at us. So, a comedy centered around an idealist who barges into the lives of his three sisters. So, Paul Rudd plays Ned, the brother to Elizabeth Banks, Zoe Deschanel, and then IMDb doesn't list the third. Um, so, uh, uh, Peter uh, Jones? No, that's the girlfriend. No, it's uh, God. I'm, um. Emily? Emily Mortimer? Yeah, Emily Mortimer. Yeah. Mortimer. Mortimer. I have watched this movie and uh, I just <laughs> going off the IMDb it's like uh, <laughs> It's like you've seen it for the first time. Um, you know, some may say that Ned is special needs or he's definitely out there. He's definitely the most unique snowflake in the blizzard. Yes. Um, very loving, very compassionate. Um Wants to just wants to have everybody like him and love him, and it's just he doesn't really. He's the square peg to the round holes in his sister's life. Um, yeah. Doesn't really fit, and he desperately wants to just be accepted. I guess. Um, there's the scene where uh, he's goofing around with his nephew, and the nephew's hiding in the closet, and the nephew's got his fingers in the door frame, yep. and he kicks the door open. And they're playing and smashes the kid's fingers. Obviously, does not mean to, but he gets yeah he gets moved from sister to sister. What's fun about this movie too, Wayne, is the three sisters feel like they have their lives together when in yeah. fact they do not. And Ned, while he's more of a free thinker and uh, a wanderer, if you will, um, honestly has his more of his life figured out than they do, and. Um, it, it it it's funny to see when he gets frustrated uh because the, the Ned character played by Paul Rudd is really just kind of there for everything yeah. uh but he does have his moments where he gets to have outbursts uh like everybody else yeah. um Adam I, Scott Rashid, Rashida Jones I just realized there's like a bunch of well recognized people that I did not list Steve yep. Coogan plays the asshole husband yep. of Emily Mortimer I believe yep TJ Miller is the Boyfriend hippie. Yep, and then uh, Catherine Hahn is the another another Catherine Hahn performance is his is Ned's ex girlfriend who's now with T.J. Miller's character. Who won't give him back his dog. Yes, have his dog back, man. <laughs> T.J. Miller, I know again another controversial person, 
but he's really, really funny in this movie. Um, I love the the connection that him and Ned have. Uh, spoiler alert, they end up uh, living together and making candles at the, at the end of the movie. Uh, really just a, a fun movie. I remember, you know, I was went with my buddy and, and my wife to go see some horror film. And we, the, option, the other option was this movie, and we passed on it. But then when it came out on home video, I watched it, and I really, really liked it. And I kind of wish, even though I did, I was the only one that really liked the horror movie we went to see, um, I would have, I wish we, we would have gone and seen this one, because this one was really funny, really good, very emotional, very uh, dysfunctional. The opening scene where he buys, tries to buy the weed off the cop, or yes. sells the weed to the cop, rather. Um, really just a funny, funny uh, movie, man. Uh Paul Rudd. I mean, it's Paul Rudd, man. Like, what? What? Where can you go wrong? Paul Rudd is amazing. Um, yeah. If you don't love Paul Rudd, then I don't love you. So. What's wrong with you? You know, <laughs> who <laughs> hurt you? Um, Where he, he finds out that did uh, the Dylan character played by Steve Coogan is cheating on uh, his wife, his sister. Yes, uh, he's a uh, photographer, and they're doing some the interview. Stories. He's a documentarian, documentary That's filmmaker. Right. What could what could possibly go wrong with a bunch of you know being alone with another, with naked people? Mm. Yeah, she performs yeah, the film naked. Terrible human being. <laughs> I, love, I love that. And then when he finally when he tells Emily Mortimer and she's like, "Wait, what? They were naked?" Uh, the whole the whole movie is just kind of like the whole movie is breeds dysfunction, and it, it really is just a, one big dysfunctional family. However, it's a dysfunctional family who loves each other, and that's kind of what really comes through at the end of the movie. Um, again, just really well, well made, really fun, uh, kind of underseen. I, I feel like, so it's a good, it's good that you brought that one up, Wayne. Yes. Um, definitely seek that movie out. If you are one of those people that passed on that, it is on Tubi right now. So nice. Definitely an option there for everybody. Gotta love Tubi, man. Yes, All right. So, you know, there's a lot of options here. Um, I'm going to choose, you know, what? I'm going to choose one I know that we didn't talk about before. Um, it's British. It's not a horror movie, so I chose no horror movies today. Which Harry I Potter! It is Death at a Funeral, the original. Ooh. Directed by American Frank Oz. Written by Dean Craig. Starring Ewan Bremer, Peter Dinklage, Matthew McFadden, Chris Marshall, Alan Tudyk. Let me get down to the rest of the cast because I know there's other people in it. Uh, let's see. Chris Marshall, Rupert Graves. Um, let's see. Keely Hawes. Uh, Peter Vaughn, Jane Asher, Peter Egan. So Death at a Funeral is a family similar to This Is Where I Leave You, Wayne. They gather to uh, send off their father. Their father has passed away. Matthew McFadden is is kind of the uh, mature sibling in the family, so he has to be the one, be the adult. And they're bringing all the family uh, in town, all the family, the cousins, the the nieces, the nephews, everybody's coming. Uh, so we get to meet a lot of these characters pre, pre-funeral. And then when they get to the funeral, just kind of chaos ensues. Alan Tudyuk plays the uh, British uh, husband of one of the, um, uh, I think she's a cousin. Or maybe it's a sister, sister or cousin. And he, he uh, accidentally takes some of his um, wife's brother's drugs. And he is high the entire movie, and he is hilarious. Uh, it's I think what a lot of people remember out of this film. If you remember this film, uh, it's one of my wife's favorites from back then. She really loved this movie a lot. 
Uh, it's really just it. It's just again, it's just dysfunction upon dysfunction. You know, the body, the the wrong body being brought to the to the funeral, um, the casket opening, and the, the brothers fighting, and just uh, Peter Dinklage who plays an uh, ex lover of of the dead father who no one knew about. They had no idea that he was bisexual, and it's just it's just this whole just crazy thing that just keeps spiraling out of control as the movie keeps going. Kind of think of like the end of National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, but it's that the entire movie where things just keep unspiral keep spiraling out of control uh, throughout the entire film. It's really funny. They did remake it with uh, Chris Rock and Martin Lawrence. Not great the remake. It was okay. Um, Peter Dinklage did re- return in that one. He I think he was the only actor that appeared in that one. Um, James Marsden played the Alan Tudyk role. But it was a different, uh, you know, movie, obviously, than this one. And this one I thought was really, really well done, the original. Uh, definitely worth checking out if you haven't seen it. Uh, I, it wasn't like a huge box office hit, but it was a critical darling back in 2007 when it came out. Uh, so you may have seen it just, on, you know, on, on DVD, because that was back in 2007 when you would go to the video store and you would rent a DVD. Um, or at least get it through Netflix through the mail. Or Blockbuster, for that matter. Um, but yeah, so Death at a Funeral, man. If you haven't seen it, or if you haven't seen it in a while, definitely check it out. Great cast. A lot of the cast has gone on to do other things. Now Matthew McFadden, obviously people, if you watch Succession, he's in that. Um, so he's gone on to do a lot of things. And it's just a great, great uh, film, man. Really funny, really emotional. Uh, just really well done. And I really want people to check it out. So that's why I decided to bring that one up. All right. Uh, so we are going to move on to our uh, next topic, which is our review of the week all right so we have the people we hate at the wedding it is directed by claire scanlon screenplay by the molly new sisters lizzie molly new and wendy molly new don't know who they are but they wrote it um cast includes allison janney uh ben platt dustin milligan tony goldwyn Kristen bell uh, Karan Sony from Deadpool, uh, Cynthia Die Robinson, Isaac DeBoncole, uh, Jorma Tacombe, Tony Goldwyn, John McMillan, Julian Overton, and Rufus Jones. Um, let's see the plot, the premise. They really just give a very basic premise here on Wikipedia. Struggling American siblings, Alice and Paul reluctantly agree to attend the wedding of their strange, wealthy half sister, Eloise in the English countryside alongside their mother, Donna. So Kristen Bell and Ben Platt, along with Cynthia Adai, Cynthia Adai Robinson play siblings. Yes. It's very interesting. Uh, they had to explain it and break it down in the beginning of the movie. Because, yes, yes, they uh, do. Nice Danny's oldest child uh, from a marriage to Henri. Mm-hmm. Henri. Uh, Henry. <laughs> yeah, Henri. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they get divorced, and Alice Janney moves back to the United States, but Eloise uh, stays with her wealthy father, and she goes to visit, you know, during the summers and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alice Janney remarries, has Alice and Paul with their father, uh, who has subsequently passed away. Yes. So it creates a lot of tension there and whatnot. Yeah. And uh, what once was a very close-knit group of parents and siblings has become strayed and free. Yeah, we're given given pieces throughout the movie. So the Ben Platt character, Paul, 
he is upset with the mother because she got rid of all her his father's things, uh, like almost as soon as after he died, and doesn't really seem to talk about him much anymore. Kristen Bell's character is upset with her her uh, half sister because she did not show up for her when she needed her when she had a miscarriage yeah. and a breakup with her boyfriend. Who find out later why he broke up with her? We never meet him, but he's a monster. Um, <laughs> They tie it all together very, very neatly, though. They do. They do. This one had a lot more drama to it, Wayne, than I was expecting. I wasn't expecting it to be so emotional. Um, I was expecting more just like a kind of a – I guess I should have known better because dysfunctional family movies usually do not have less drama. They usually have more drama. And there's a lot to unpack in this movie um, when it comes to the characters. And even with Cynthia Dyrob – I think – Cynthia, is it? I don't want to screw her name. Cynthia Di Robinson, uh, who plays Eloise. Like her character is, she's kind of been after that perfect family. And she kind of thought she missed, you know, in her head, I think she made it up that she had that perfect family, but she really never did. Everyone was just, it was one of those families where everyone was nice to each other when they were around each other. And that no one knew that there was this division growing between them that finally, when it happened, you know, I think it kind of, caught her off guard like she thought oh i'm gonna invite my family it's gonna be fun they're gonna love being at my wedding and as soon as they get there everyone's very toxic everyone's very venomous and she just isn't having it because it's her wedding and she wants everything to be perfect oh yeah at the beginning it's like the Kristen, uh Kristen bell and ben platt's characters pulling out these people are awful yeah what the hell yeah you're kind uh, of like- say Kristen yeah. bell did a really really great job she looks phenomenal especially in the bachelor at party scene yeah it's like good for you. Well done. <laughs> being being married to Dak Shepard has to be trying. <laughs> I'm assuming it is. Um, yeah, I mean, there's lots of there's lots of you know those funny scenes where you know things just go chaotic. There's a, there's a bunch of those moments. Um, overall, it it uh, comes together, I think, pretty nicely um, and very uh, charming, if you will. And I think you know um, it it works out the way most of these dysfunctional family dramas work out. Uh, yeah. and mass I, murder and suicide. Yes. <laughs> Spoilers, Wayne. Uh, none of that happens. Um, but it, it is, you know, it's not perfect. It's not one I'm going to be like, Oh, it's one of the best ones. But I thought because of the type of movies that Wayne and I like, we talk about these movies a lot on here. I enjoyed it. I thought it, you know, I, it was one that, um, that I think fondly of, I think I, you know, I enjoyed the characters. I enjoyed the story. Some of the plot points, I think, were are reused from other movies and stuff, right. but it, it still it still worked. I think. When what are your thoughts? When you're in the mood of talking British accent, right, Governor? You throw it on, you start letting it seep into you. Know, there it is. You know, you hop on the good foot and do the wrong thing. Full of six and seven, shit. Yeah, I don't know what you just said. Yeah, I don't know what I'm talking about either. You know what I mean? No, you don't know what I mean. Fuck. All right, so uh, I I'm about right around a six and a half, seven. You know. Yeah. Nothing spectacular. I'm in no hurry to watch it again, but you know, overall, I would say for sure a, a solid seven out of ten. It it's enjoyable. I don't think you're going to regret watching it. I think you'll if you know it's one of those things. Like if you had seen it in theaters, maybe you'd be a little bit disappointed of it. Uh, but for watching it at home on Prime Video, I think it really does the job. It's a fun movie. Kristen Bell is is fun to watch as usual. Uh, I'm not a huge Ben Platt fan, but he's okay in this. Um, and of course, Allison Janney. I mean, Allison Janney is really good in anything, so it really doesn't matter what she's in. That's the one thing I wanted to touch on. Just 
the, the relationship between Ben Platt or Paul and the mother, Allison, played by Allison Jenny, yeah. that was very, very glazed over. I think they could have done a little bit more about in regards to that. And like, they, Paul loved his father and idolized him, but it turns out Paul's father was disgusted by his lifestyle. Yes, and yes. His mother shielded him from that, and he still has this resentment against her. They do brush it over pretty quickly. They and it comes to a, a nice resolution that you want, but I agree with you. It was kind of like, okay, like we need to get through this, and so they get through it pretty pretty quickly without too many questions. Yeah. Um, but that you know, it's one of those things that happens closer to the end of the movie, so it's just it's obviously they had to wrap it up. Um, but yeah, I, you know, and I think the the scene with Kristen Bell and uh, Cynthia Di Robinson in the Taco Bell at the end uh, that was very sweet, a uh, very sweet moment. Um, and really kind of tied the, the movie together. So uh, definitely check this one out on Prime Video if you are interested. Wayne, what uh, have you watched recently that you want to talk about? Ah, gosh. Um, I talked about everything that I uh, wanted to, uh, that I watched this week because I was just uh, prepping for this podcast and stuff going on. All right, then. Um, picked up, uh, you know, watched the latest episode of Yellowstone. Um I don't get the hate and the dislike because I think it's a great show, but uh, apparently I am in the minority with some 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 people that I uh, associate with, which is fine. I just <laughs> and I know who you're talking about, <laughs> but uh, it you know it's I think people miss the point where it is like it is like a soap opera, yeah, and and so you have to understand that going into it. I think people you know you say it's people it's a really well loved show. And so people go into it with thinking it's good, they're going to be watching, like, mm-hmm. I'll use an example, The Sopranos. And it's not that. It's a yeah. more um, soapy, pulpy version of that. It's it, What I would compare it mostly to is something like Sons of Anarchy, which I love Sons of Anarchy. It's one of my yeah. favorite shows. But I will admit that it's very soapy. It's very pulpy. It's very, you know, yeah. it, it, it certain storylines only exist to get inside the audience's head and make you feel certain things. Like they don't do it. They didn't do it because it was all for creative purposes. Um, And that's how Yellowstone is to me. And I love it because of that. Yeah. Biggest thing. Hey, it's everybody gets to like what they like. Right. Exactly. Of course. Not everyone has to like it. Yeah. Level of dislike. So like, yeah, that's whatever. It's one of those things because I see people every once in a while. Why isn't it getting nominations? And it's like it's not getting nominations because it's that type of show. Sons of Anarchy never really got any nominations because it was a very popular show, but it wasn't never 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 like one of those like critically critical darlings or anything like that. You know what I mean? So it, in truth, I could give a flying right, rat ass well, what and, it gets nominated for. What awards? Right, it exactly. Oh, and that's the point. Anyway, yeah. And and the critics love Sons of Anarchy. Don't get me wrong. There was a critically raved about show, but it wasn't raved about in a way that something like like uh, uh, fucking Breaking Bad was. You know what I mean? Like it just wasn't that way. Um, yeah. And yeah, I feel Yellowstone is in the same vein. And I love Yellowstone. And we're gonna you know we watch it. We, we watch it on Mondays because we have uh, I, I buy it so I can watch it the next day. Um, good show, real good show. I like where it's going. Um, I love you know the characters and stuff. So I'm really interested in that. Anything else you watch, Wayne, that you want to talk about? Of course I should write a list. I tell myself I should write a list every (laughs) week and I don't. And, and that's okay. All right. Um, Well, I'll just run through what I've watched and then we'll get to the news and notes and we'll get out of here. Um, Netflix Christmas movies. I posted about this uh, falling for Christmas with Lindsay Lohan cheesy, but probably entertaining, not very good, but you know, kind of like watching a train wreck. 
Uh, Christmas with You with uh, Freddie Prince Jr. I actually thought was pretty good. Single All the Way I thought was pretty good. The Noel Diary, which is a brand new one with um, the dude from uh, uh, This Is Us, uh, was actually pretty decent. It's more of a drama than a comedy. Um, let's see. I think I talked about significant uh, The Swimmers. Uh, the Swimmers is a drama uh, that's based on a true story that's about these two girls who survived the attacks in Syria, and then one of them went to be an Olympic swimmer. Mandrake, a horror film, an Irish horror film on, um, was it Irish or Scottish? I think it's Irish. On uh, Shudder, not great. Uh, you could skip that one. Silent Night, Deadly Night 3, Better Watch Out, uh, a sequel to Silent Night, Deadly Night 2, uh, where six years later, um, the killer is like, brought back to life because the the doctor's like, well, I just decided to put his brain back together. Okay. Um, crazy, crazy fucking movie. Uh, we rewatched Unbelievable, which is this awesome mini series on Netflix. Definitely recommend that. I watched Karen Peary, which is uh, from the producers of Line of Duty, which is a cop show I've talked about. Karen Peary is a cop show that's three episodes. It's on BritBox. Really good. Really well done. Great acting. Last night I watched Slashback, uh, which is uh, a low-budget alien horror film. Um, out of uh, one of the Canadian territories. I won't try to pronounce it, uh, but it's uh, the, all the girls are Inuit, and it's really well done. I really recommend it. And then last night, Wayne, I watched Silent Night, Deadly Night 4, Initiation, which is a sequel to the Killer Santa Claus movie that does not involve a Killer Santa Claus at all. Barely takes place on Christmas. However, I think I liked it more than the other sequels because it goes in the last 30, 40 minutes or so, goes so off the rails and so crazy and so nutty. It reminded me of the movie this other director, the director did called uh, Society, which is just a really crazy movie about wealth and and uh, society eating itself. And it kind of has that same kind of twist on it. Um, I really uh, enjoyed the back half of this movie. Uh, so I do recommend people check it out. It's on Shutter along with the other sequels. All right. So we will move on to news and notes for this week, and then we'll wrap up the show, everybody. All right. Brandy will return as Cinderella in the Pocket Watch, a future installment in the Descendants franchise. Ben Affleck and Matt Damon starting a production company with emphasis being on the artist and not the studio. Scream star Melissa Barrero's uh, new film, Bed Rest, has been acquired by Tubi. Jan Demange takes over directing duties for MCU's Blade film. Demange directed 71 in White Boy Rick, as well as the first episode of Lovecraft Country. Angelica Houston next to reprise her role from John Wick in the spinoff Ballerina starring Ana de Armas. Honestly, this one makes the most sense because Ana de Armas' character is going to be one of those Russian ballerinas that Angelica Houston uh, is in charge of in John Wick 3. Jaden Martell, uh, Maxwell Jenkins, Sadie Silverall join Nick Cage in Thriller, Sand and Stones. Emily Hampshire, Jay Baruchel, Peter Gallagher, Sebastian Chacon, Alana Bale, and Serena... Gollum Gus, probably didn't say that right at all, will star in horror film Humane from director Caitlin Cronenberg, daughter of David Cronenberg. Aaron Dean Eisenberg from The Deuce will portray the nature boy Ric Flair in A24's The Iron Claw, a film about the Von Erich family, often referred to as the first family of wrestling. Zac Efron and Jeremy Allen White star in the film as two of the Von Erich brothers. Nikiatu Jusu, directing vampire film Suicide by Sunlight for Jordan Peele's Monkey Paw Productions. Mandy Moore joins Edgar Ramirez in Dr. Death Season 2 on Peacock. And Agatha, Coven and Chaos is the new title of the Agatha Harkness TV show from Marvel and Disney+. 
Releases. Copenhagen Cowboy from creator director Nicholas Winding Reffin hits Netflix January 5th. It's his brand new series. And deaths this week, James Winburn, original Michael Myers stuntman, has passed away at the age of 85. Wilco Johnson, British rock musician and Game of Thrones actor, dead at 75. Irene, Irene Cara, singer, actress, and Oscar winner for best original song for Flashdance, dead at 63. And Albert, Albert Pyon, director, dead at 69. Uh, he did Cyborg and a bunch of uh, 80s and 90s kind of like B uh, action films. Um but he passed away from a long illness. So that is our show for this week. Wayne, any final thoughts before we head out of here? Have a good week, everybody. All right, everybody. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this episode, and we hope you enjoy the future episodes. Thank you for listening to a new episode of Now Showing with Mike and Wayne. Oh, Reagan, the actor? Hasta la vista, baby. Hey, everybody, we're all going to get late. Oh, yeah!